Dude, we are going to energize the country. Stop Brexit. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Seamus and Notch is a great idea. Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will, and in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined uh, by Kate Carew, who is the uh, creator of uh, the She-Wolf brand and host of the She-Wolf podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Cheers. Um, so the first thing that I'd uh, like to ask is, do you think you could um, explain to the listeners uh, what is the intention of She-Wolf? What's your sort of aim with the with the brand and the podcast? Okay, so the whole like the whole situation, the whole reasoning behind it is basically is just to celebrate any women, non-binary, part of the LGBT group, like anyone who is doing creative, like creative endeavors, anyone who's an activist and just basically celebrating them, giving them a free platform to be able to talk about things um, to be able to talk about myself as well. That's something I've kind of been advised in the last couple of sort of months just to sort of put myself out there as well and start talking about my own political opinions and like feminist opinions and whatnot and just basically to be able to start a discussion so uh, about anything and anything and everything to do with feminism so yeah that's basically the idea and the intention to go along with that is to eventually create it into a massive collective where we can do you know panel talk shows and do like group meetups and stuff like that so it's just there's a there's a lot to happen but it's getting there slowly but surely Mm. Um, why do you think that uh, something like this is needed? What, what, what do you think it's filling a, a, a gap in the market? What, what do you think? I think basically when you've got the likes of, well, for instance, let's have a look at the festival lineups that have come up recently. There has been a massive issue with the fact that there still isn't enough women on these lineups, like enough like women, like I hate saying the idea of women fronted bands, mm. but women within music. They're just not getting the platform that they deserve. And I just want to be another voice that goes, hey, you've got to give these guys the platform. They're really good. You know, give this activist more of a platform. They're amazing. You know, I want to be able to capture the people who, you know, in 30 years time, we can look back and be like, oh, OK, that was that subculture. That was those people that we could look up to and just have sort of almost like something we can look back on, you know, and really pinpoint the people who are actually making a difference right now. Mm. Uh, what has been the um, reaction that you've uh, received to uh, the, the podcast on the site? So the website has been very positive. It's done really, really well. Um, it's, I haven't had any kind of negative feedback or anything like that. I've not had any trolling. Thank God I've had nothing like that. Um, with the podcast, everything's been going okay with it. There was a couple of issues when I had a couple of guests on there. For instance, like Grace Campbell, she was, she's considered controversial to people who, you know, well, you know, when Labour was in charge, they kind of seemed to blame her. Um, so like, you know, a little bit of backlash there, which was so, uh, you know, to be honest with, to be honest with you, I think is unfounded from her part. Um, so like, I don't think that's very fair, but you know, that, that's the only, the only kind of issue that I've had really, but everything else has been such great feedback. Like to be able to just start doing this off my own back and then to be able to get the guests I've got on, to be able to just reach out to these people and they're just so welcoming and want to talk and be able to, you know, to give out advice there, you know, inspire people. They're, they're really willing to have that conversation and they're not expecting anything either. They just want to have a chat and it's really nice to be able to do that. And the bands that I've spoken to have been unbelievable. It's a great community to get involved in. They're so collaborative and so supportive of each other. Um, now you mentioned the um, some of the pushback that um, you've had 
regarding um, Grace Campbell. I wonder how much of that do you think is to do with her opinions or how much do you think that's to do with uh, association um, with her dad or or what? What do you think that's about? Personally, I think it's to do with her dad. Um, you know, when she I saw her comedy show uh, and this was before I'd even asked her to come onto the podcast. I saw that and she actually spoke about the backlash that she just gets because of her father. And I can, I can see that. I, you, you can hear it. You can see it. You can see it online. You can see it all the time. The amount of, you know, it will be a certain middle-aged man, <laughs> like, you know, having a go at her. And it's like, well, she's, she was a child. She's not in charge of what her father did or what the government did. She's, she was a child and she still is just like the daughter. She was never going to have any kind of power over what was going to happen. So why blame her? Um, I don't think it's to do with her personally, like her actual character and what she says. I think some people, you know, you're always going to have a bit of a backlash when you talk about anything politically online. I've had it in the past where, you know, several years ago I said, you know, we all need to start waking up. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I was told that I'm being dangerous and fear mongering. Well, look at us now. Um, so, you know, so, you know, these things happen. And I think especially, I don't know, I think you talk about politics and you're quite forefront with your opinions. You're always going to get a little bit of a backlash. It's always going to happen. Um, do you think that the fact that so many people have backlash against her because of her father demonstrates that there is still a problem in society in associating women with uh, male figure in their life, like in her case, a father or with other oh, people, boyfriend absolutely. or husband. Or... Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, you could even see recently, like as ridiculous as um, Kevin Clifton quitting, Stri uh, you know, Strictly and uh, Stacey Dooley getting the backlash for it. You mm. know, Meghan Markle getting the backlash for what she's done. It's so prevalent. It's so obvious. And it's so ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Not th that one person does not have control over that other person. That's not how relationships work, you know? Hmm. So I think it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but it totally happens all the time. It happens in media. It happens in everyday life. It happens constantly. And it's to do, you know, I don't want to, you know, let's say it. Let's just be blunt about it. It's to do with the patriarchal system that we've been, you know, sort of been brought up in for, you know, centuries. That's It's always the easy way to blame the woman. Hmm. It's always the easy thing. Uh, now, you mentioned um, Stacey Dooley and Meghan Markle, and I just wondered, what do you think of the way that um, women are presented in the media? Do you think that things are beginning to change now, or do you think that it, it, it's still too much through one particular lens? We have still got so much more work to do. Like, just because, for instance, like the likes of Harvey Weinstein have now, has now been put in, you know, put behind bars does not mean that things have changed. We have so much work to do with the likes of, you know, Meghan Markle, how she was hounded. Like, that's not okay. Hmm. That's like, you know, look at Amy Winehouse, you know, several years ago. That wasn't okay either. And hmm. um, there's been so many, you know, figures, like women figures in this, you know, in the last sort of 10, 20 years, you can look God knows how far back. And they've all been lifted up and then dragged down, you know, and that's to do with the media and that is to do with how people are in public as well. You know, some people in the public don't like a woman getting a little bit of power. They don't like it, you know. Mm. They don't like it when someone has, a woman has an opinion. They mm. want, you know, not every person, but you'll have a certain group of people who just want a woman to sit there, look pretty and shut up. Do not have an opinion. Do not say anything. Do not be good at something. Be there for your man and that's it. And I'm sorry, but a lot of us women don't agree with that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And I think a lot of guys don't agree with that either. You know, mm. I think a lot of guys are like, I don't want that kind of, you know, structure in a relationship. But that's mm. weird. It's strange, you know. 
But I think, yeah, there's still a lot more work to be done with the media. It's, it's disgusting. I mean, look at how, look at Caroline Flack, for example. How Mm. that, how that whole situation unfolded. How she was so demonized by the media. She was uplifted for God knows how many years and then demonized to the point Mm. that she's now not alive. You know? Yeah. There was fake stories sent out about her. All of this stuff. There was, it was all bullshit. Sorry to swear, but it was, (laughs) it was all nonsense. Um, you know, the idea that this picture that came out of her, you know, that's the blood, that's the blood where she smacked her, smacked her boyfriend. It wasn't actually, it was mm. where she'd cut herself. But the media had perpetrated it in such a disgusting light. And that was somebody who was hurting there. That was somebody who was really, really hurting. And that needs to be private. That doesn't need to be out. That doesn't need to be shown. Mm. You know, and yeah. I think that is a very significant, like the whole thing, Caroline Flack, it, it, more than anyone, I think that has been most the most significant thing to show that nothing has changed within media with how women are treated. Hmm. How much do you think um, those kind of attitudes are still prevalent in politics? I'm thinking particularly of um, the way that Theresa May uh, was viewed uh, when she was prime minister. I mean, do you, do, do you think that that is something that, is going to ever change? What do you think? Well, with Theresa May, look, I don't agree with anything the woman like the woman says or anything. Mm. However, however, you know, I'm not going to be like, well, you need to take her down and you know lift Boris up. Are you joking? No, Boris is a buffoon compared to like compared to Theresa May. You know, like it's quite mm. it's quite obvious. But she was treated like absolute garbage with what she was trying to do. And actually, what she was trying to do was making sure that everything doesn't implode and look what has happened. You know, I I think it's quite obvious. Um, And I think, yeah, I I don't know if it's ever going to change within politics. I think once it does start changing within politics, you'll see a change within society. Definitely. Mm. Um, But I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, you know, for all, for purpose and intents, I, I really hope that a woman gets through to Labour because that that makes sense to me for Labour to have a woman to have a woman leader now. Mm. It does make sense. However, you need to look at their you know track record. You need to you can't just be like oh I want a woman there just because I want a woman. You need to look at her back record. You need to see okay is she going to be a good leader? Is mm. she going to be strong? Is she going to be able to be that bulletproof that no one on the other side can touch her? Because that's what they'll do. Because she's a woman, they're going to attack her ten times more. Doesn't matter who, who, what woman in politics, they will get way more than a man of a will. So they've got to be bulletproof, and their back, tr- their track record has to be totally clear. You know, mm. There's, they're on another level. You know, they they really are looked at in a different way. And I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. I don't know. I mean, every time Lisa Mandy says, uh, Lisa Nandy says something, uh, she seems to get absolute crap for it. And mm. I, I watched her with the debates and I was like, well, she was all right. What's the, what's the problem? She can stand there. She can hold her own. But is that the issue? Because she can stand there and hold her own. Do you think that um, that feeling uh, that some people may have that, you know, that uh, a female uh, leader of the Labour Party may come under this increased pressure and, you know, people may think that they may not be able to take it. Is the reason that uh, Keir Starmer is doing so well, or do you think that it's more based on his track record or what? I think, to be honest with you, with Keir Starmer, like, I don't agree, again, I don't agree with everything he's done in the past and what have you, but it's the fact that when you look at the likes of Boris Johnson, 
where he's come from. And then you look at Keir Starmer, who's been a barrister, who's done all of this work. I mean, at the moment, I think it's almost like the safe option maybe to go for him because it's like put them two against each other. Who's going to win, really? Mm. You know, I think I, and that, that annoys me that I have to say that. It annoys me that I have to be like that. I'd rather say like, well, let's put Lisa Nandy there and let's see how she does. Because I reckon she'd actually be able to take on Boris. Mm. But... When you, when I take into the consideration of how society thinks and how a lot of other people think, then you know, realistically, yeah, he's the one who's going to have to get through because he—that's just how it is, and it annoys me that that's just how it is. It annoys me that I have to say that, but that's just the case. Mm. Do you think that um, there is perhaps? An issue on the left of politics in ensuring uh, women become leaders. I mean, the, um, Hillary Clinton, uh, during her uh, race to become the Democratic uh, nominee for president, underwent a lot of difficulties. And we've seen within the Labour Party, uh, not just in this leadership election, but the um, leadership election in 2015 with um, Yvette Cooper and uh, Liz Kendall, that they um, were perceived poorly in, in, in some ways by Labour members. Do you think this is a particular issue to do with the, the left or it, it's just a societal one? I've, I've, actually, I've actually discussed this with Grace before. Um, I, I do think it might be an issue with the left. Mm. I do think it is. I think they want to be progressive, but they don't want to be that progressive just yet. Mm. Um, that, like you know, And that kind of annoys me a little bit because I'm like, guys, like look at other countries, look at... Denmark, places like that, you know, look at New Zealand, you know, there's, there is proof in the pudding that shows that this might work. And if mm. you just have a woman there who has very good policies, a very good fact track record, then you'll be fine. That's actually what it is. You just need someone who's a bit of a pit bull who's going to be able to handle it, you know? And mm. I think when you look at Hillary Clinton, there was too much in the background to pick at. Mm. And so, of course, the right wing are going to be like, right, okay, bang, 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 let's do this. You know, let's let's pick her apart. They can do that. You can pick somebody apart. I think if, when it comes to the left, if you're going to get a woman in now, you're going to have to have somebody who's new, who's got no bad back track record and who has done nothing but good. You're going to have mm. to have someone who's totally clear because otherwise they're, they're, all there is is going to be attack. That is what's going to happen. Look what Jeremy Corbyn, Jeremy Corbyn is a man and look what happened. Don't get me wrong. There are issues there. But in the first instance, when he was doing well, they were still, he still got crap. Mm. So that's what you've, you've got to think about how it's going to be dealt with on the other side, just as well as it is with Labour, you know, on the left, you know. Yeah. Um, just turning to the um, current Democratic uh, race to be president, the two yes. final candidates are, as have been described um, quite a bit, two old white men who were born within a year of one another uh, in mm -hmm. a similar part, as not too far away uh, in the US. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, look, what I've got to say is I'm, I'm sad that Elizabeth didn't get through as much as she could have. I'm annoyed that she hasn't also endorsed somebody um, mm. just yet. Uh, I think she should. I think that's something that she should do. Um, but I am annoyed. I, I'm, yeah, of course I'm a little bit annoyed. However, that's just how it's gone. And you have to deal with the facts at hand. You need to deal with what's happening in front of you. You can't keep sit sitting there and be like, damn it. Like, you've just got to be like, right, okay, the next time, the next time. And mm. like, I'm, I'm just hoping when AOC can go for it, you go, girl, you bloody go for it. Because I'll be, you know, if I'm in America by then, I'll be voting for you. Like, if I can get someone to vote, <laughs> go, go, go. Like, because she, 
you've got to look at maybe what's going to happen in sort of 10 years time. I don't think we've, I don't think, don't get me wrong, it's frustrating, but I'm trying to also look at, okay, like what's going to happen in 10 years time? Because we're going through a lot of changes right now and we're almost being forced to go through changes with what's happening at the moment. So politically, things are going to have to change. And I think that's when you're going to see the likes of AOC and people like that come through and actually be able to hold that mantle and hold it properly and be like, right, this is how you run a country. I'm hoping that's what will happen in sort of 10, 10 years time, five, 10 years. Right now, I think, I think if America wants to actually get Trump out, you've got to go for Bernie. I think if you go for Biden, you're going to be, it's just the same old again. Nothing's going to change. And I think young Americans want change. I think you need to give it to them because they're the ones who are going to be, you know, in charge of the country in 10 years time. You know, give them mm. the chance. Um, I think I think there is a massive need for change in that country. What's happening right now with the likes of Donald Trump, with the rise of the right in that country is terrifying. Um, and someone needs to go up against him who can actually do it. And I don't know if Biden can. He kind of seems like the old American eagle who's like, I'm America. And it's like, well, you're not you're not America. You're one person. OK, you know, I think he gets a little bit over head over it, like over himself a little bit. But when at the same time, when you look at Bernie, Bernie's got great policies. But I do want, honestly want to see like okay, how exactly you're going to be able to do this. Because, again, if you go up there against Trump, that he's going to attack you for that. So, again, you need to be bulletproof. I don't see either of them being bulletproof. And that's actually what worries me. Um, just to turn uh, to a, a broader issue. Um, how would you define um, feminism and the particular type of feminism that uh, you believe in? The type of feminism I believe in is a feminism that believes in absolute equality for everyone. And I don't care. Like, you know, it doesn't it's not even about not caring. It's, I don't it doesn't matter who you are. You should have equal rights. Mm. It's as simple as that. That's my feminism. Like, I, I want everyone to be included in it. I hate this whole idea of TERFs. Like, who the f***? Sorry, but, like, excuse my language, but who are you? Who are you to say that trans people have, aren't allowed to have rights? How dare you? How dare you? That is not the feminism I follow, you know? Um, I, I've even got problems with how the suffragettes did things. I watched a documentary the other day from Lucy Worsley, great documentary on BBC at the moment, just called Suffragettes. And at the end of it, they actually tell what happened to those women afterwards. A couple of them joined the fascist union, you know, in the 1930s. Mm. One of them became one of their head women, you know, one of Oswald Mosley's right hand women. That's disgusting. That's that's that horrifies me. So my feminism is the whole idea of everyone's included. And there's no discrimination. There's no anything like you don't you're not allowed to judge somebody for the color of their skin or their religion or who they want to be. Like you're not allowed to do that. So it's about absolute equality for everyone and no judgment. Why do you think that um, certain people push back against feminism? You see it on Twitter a lot. People, you know, certain people complaining oh, yeah. about it. I mean, what, where, where do you think that, that comes from? I think it's an age old thing of, you know, people wanted women to keep their mouths shut and not have an opinion. I think that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's also a part of there's this whole idea of being like a radical feminist. And it's like, well, I don't think I'm that radical just to make sure that everyone's okay. I don't think I'm that radical to make sure that like, just to want equality for everyone. That's not radical. If that's being radical, that's a, that says a lot more about you than it does about me, mm. you know? 
Um, I think I think you do have some women who go to the extreme about things like, you know, again, TERFs, for example, like what? You know, you know, mm. um, and I think. Yeah, I've always been puzzled by this whole feminism thing. Don't get me wrong. I've always had arguments with people about debates. So I had one guy say to me at university once, you know, well, what's the point of feminism? And I was like, well, when you've got women who are being raped in India on buses, then I think feminism's needed. Mm. <laughs> so I was, and the guy just looked at me like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's what's going on in India right now. Have you not read the news? Like, this was, you know, years back. I was like, have you not read? Like, there's women being gang raped on, on, on buses. So you, you think feminism isn't needed then? Because feminism is the idea that women come together and we look after each other. We look after anyone and everyone around us. That's the whole point. I know that's almost like a patriarchy thing of, you know, oh, women have to look after people. But actually, for me, I want to make sure that I can be that voice. If somebody can't talk, I'll be that voice if I can. I, if, I'll, I'll raise awareness if, if they can't raise awareness. Why not? That's what we're here to do. We're meant to be looking after each other. It's not me as a woman looking after you. We're meant to be looking after each other. And I just want to perpetuate that. Um, I, I know that um, you uh, also work as an artist, and I just wondered how much do you think politics uh, influences your art? Always, always, always has. Um, the first, uh, I mean, I actually was originally influenced by photography and more so interest, uh, influenced by the photography of, you know, like 1960s civil rights mm. movements. Um all the protests, everything like that during the 60s, 1968 in uh, Paris, everything, all of that time really inspired me to be able to use art as a form of protest. Um, whether that is painting a naked woman, to me, that is a form of protest. I'm a woman and I'm painting her and you don't usually see that in museums. You don't see usually, you know, that's an age old thing. Mm. You know, so that's me doing that age old little fight. I will paint a naked woman if I want to. That is my form of protest. I will you know, I, I, you know, for instance, when I was at college, I did a piece on uh, Nina Simone's Strange Fruit and I did a portrait of what Strange Fruit is about. And I had people so angry with me because they were like, you know, this is disgusting. Da, da, da. And I was like, well, this is what happens. And I'm just reminding you of that. I'm reminding you of something that you might don't you might not want to think about, but it happens. And I want to remind you that if we don't start looking after each other, if we don't start treating each other nicely, that's what will happen if the right wing get their f So, I, you know, I've always used it as a way to maybe shock people in a way, but it's, I actually want to do it to remind people, you know, remember, because, yeah, I'm not trying to fearmonger. I'm just trying to make sure that people remember where we've come from and what we need to do moving forward if we want to actually evolve as human beings. Um. Speaking of that, where do you think that we need to go moving forward? What sort of changes would you like to see in the next 10 years? Um, I'd like to see... I'd like to see the idea of the alt-right completely disintegrated, if you want my honest opinion. Being Jewish, I, don't, I, I find it quite scary. Um, uh, it worries me, because when you see the likes of Trump in power... It makes me wonder if he's ever going to leave. All of this stuff worries me as a Jewish person. And it worries me also to see my Muslim brothers and sisters being treated the, the way they are. It, it terrifies me. I've been taught about the story since I was nine years of age, what happened to my family. I, I, I you know, I, and I, I, I don't ever want to see that again. And I am starting to see it again. And it, it scares me. And 
I will do everything I possibly can to fight against it. I will, I will always do what I want. I will always stand up for myself and I'll stand up for those around me. Um, but that's what I want to see. I want that eradicated. I want women to have more rights and more protection over their reproductive rights in America. I want to make sure that they're looked after. Um, I want to make sure that food banks are gone. I want to make sure that, you know, no kids are having to go to school hungry. I want there to be a change in thoughts and empathy to sort of be more of a ruling thought than money. Mm. I want there just to be a change of perspective a little bit, because I think with what ha- what's happening with coronavirus at the moment, I think we're kind of like understanding that money is almost a bit of a failure. Capitalism is almost a bit of a failure when you've got people panicking as much as they are mm. and when you've got people having to go into lockdown. So maybe this is a chance, maybe this is an opportunity to try things out and see if it works and just try and change the thought process a little bit. Because it's we've got we've gone into dangerous times when you when you do have I don't know a bunch of uni students in America walking around with like pitchforks and like you know mm. flames going you know death to Jews and stuff like that I'm like oh we're here again are we okay let me go, let let me just let me get my gear, myself geared up if we have to do this and I don't want to do that so like what are mm. we gonna do you know that that shouldn't be allowed so what the hell happens why aren't people remembering the Second World War. White people now denying what happened in the Second World War. How have we got to that point? You know, so I want mm. I want all of that to stop. I want all of us to wake up a little bit. You know, I don't not this whole idea of woke. I want us to wake up from the nonsense that's going on, because there is no need for any of this. Yeah, you know, there's no need for white people to be like, oh, we're getting taken over. No, you're not. This is just called breeding. This has been going on for a long time. I've got, you know, I've got quite a lot of going on in my family. I've got my dad who's Turkish, my mum who's French. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You know, just these people need to kind of get over themselves and try to wake up a little bit. Because mm. we don't need to be like this. We really don't. Uh, you mentioned the um, coronavirus there, and I just wondered uh, what are your thoughts on how the government has handled it? Ah, uh, well, you saw my tweets this morning. <laughs> 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 uh, well, I woke up and I was rather, I, I, you know, I kind of like, I saw the news yesterday, right? And I was like, right, okay, okay. And I could feel like the anger just sort of in the back of my mind. And I was like, no, 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 keep steady, Kate, you're fine. And I woke up this morning and I was like, no, I'm not okay. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. My best friend works in the school. He's saying to me that there's kids who've got temperatures in schools. They call up the parents and the parents go, oh, no, but they're fine. And, they, and he's going, no, they're not fine. The ch- your children are not fine. Can you please pick them up? You know, I don't mm. think how this has been handled has been handled correctly at all. Where, you know, um, my mum lives in Spain, for example. They've gone into complete lockdown. And she messaged me and she was like, just do it. Just go into complete lockdown. Get what you need to get. Don't be stupid. Get what you need to get and then come home and do what you need to go do from there. You know, she was like, there's no point risking it. Um, and I, th- I think she's right. I think if you can close things down, close them down. It's up to it's now up to time for the government to step up. That's what your job is. Step up. Stop telling people to, like, stop putting pressure on the people. I can't believe retail workers are having to work. There's going to be no one you're selling clothes to. Go home. You know? Mm. And that's when governments and corporations, you know, that's when you need to have a backup plan for stuff like this. You know, you should have backup plans for when things go wrong. You should be able to be like, okay, no problem, right? You guys go home. We'll be paying you until you can come back. That's it. I know one person who came to work yesterday and they were told to go home. They've been fired. You know, it's, that's not okay. 
Um, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. It's been great uh, speaking to you. I think it's been a very lively uh, discussion. And I'd just like to ask one final question. If you had to pick um, three women that inspired you and continue to inspire you, what three would you pick? Hmm. Or... Okay, so Josephine Baker, hands down. Um, she, she she was a spy. She worked in the resistance. Like, how could I not be inspired by her? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's like that's like a dream of mine to be able to like you know if, if you know crap kicks off, I, I will I will be in the resistance. That's how I've always thought about these things. You know, I will I will be on the right side of history, and that's thanks to somebody like her, um, Brick Smith. Start. She is one of the biggest inspirations that I've ever had the pleasure of even being able to meet um she wrote this book and i was in a i I'd basically i'd been diagnosed re, uh, during that time with ptsd and i was very very ill and my sister gave me this book because she'd just been working with her for the day and she'd spoken my sister had spoken to bricks and said you know oh, my sister's you know having a bit of a tough time right now and she was like get us to read this book and it'll help and it did it literally lifted me you know and i got the pleasure of being able to speak to her and even coming out of that conversation, I was just blown away. Like, you know, that she, she, she's like the fairy godmother I, you know, I should have had kind of thing. You know, she's, she's amazing. Um, and then, you know, just from when I was a kid, uh, Debbie Harry, she taught me just to be, you know, be all right. Like just sort of just do what you want to do. You know, I, I got always had that bit of a punk spirit and that's because of the likes of her, you know, she kind of taught me, I didn't have, you know, a lot of women around me. So, like, I had to look up to sort of musicians and stuff like that, as you do, you know. So, mm. um, Debbie Harry sort of just taught me to, you know, put that leather jacket on, put those jeans on, look cool and just go for it. Like, don't don't worry about anything. Like, put yourself out there and see what happens and do it with utter confidence. Even if you don't have the confidence, just go <laughs> for it. You know, fake it till you make it, that kind of thing. Just as long as you look all right, go for it. Like, that's that kind of thing. And that kind of helped me growing up as a kid. They didn't have that much confidence. So having that armor of, yeah, the leather jacket, the converses, the, you know, the skinny jeans, like mm. I'll never forget that. That, that helps me. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, those are uh, three women that I think uh, I would certainly agree are uh, <laughs> incredible, inspirational women. And I think um, our listeners would agree as well. Thank you once again for coming on the podcast. No problem, Will. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't forget that you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or YouTube. You can follow us at Debated Podcast on Twitter, like us, Debated Podcast on Facebook. And if you want to email us, either about appearing or making a comment or reaction to the episode you've heard or any other episodes, then email us, thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to the next one.